You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. We looked at the word obedience and sacrifice and we looked at the scripture in 1 Samuel 15, 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23, where Samuel said to Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in bond offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. And we established a very simple fact then. And the fact we established, or the truth we found, is that the Lord is not against sacrifices. Praise the Lord. In fact, the Lord delights in sacrifices. Look at the statement. He says, has the Lord as great delight in what? Burnt offerings and sacrifice as. So it is in comparison. The Lord loves sacrifices. Praise the Lord. The Lord desires sacrifices, but he said, I like obedience more. I delight in obedience more. So that's what that statement says. Okay, so it doesn't say that sacrifice, no. It just said that obedience is better. Obedience is preferable. Obedience is more valuable than what? Sacrifice. And what does it mean to obey? To obey means simply to follow instructions. Just to follow instructions. Isn't it marvelous of God to make the easier one more important? Imagine if God were a God that delighted more in sacrifice than in obedience. You know, we'll have problems. That's why we're in a kingdom where the Bible makes it clear, not even just the Bible, Jesus himself speaking, said it would be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says as hard, the way message put it is that it will be as hard as galloping a camel through the eye of a needle. Galloping a camel through the eye of a needle to have a rich man be saved. Are you understanding? So we thank God that the demands of God, what God expects of you and I, to become whatever he wants us to become, is not something that is too high. It's something that every one of us can do because to follow instruction, you need to give me the landmarks. If somebody says, if you go to my house, you're going to see a red button, press it. When you press it, this will happen, then you'll bring this out. Doesn't it mean he would have provided all of that in the house? Praise the Lord. It means he would have set in a motion or prepared the place so that you can obey. Are you together with me? So obedience is actually easier. But being men and being made in the image of God, the temptation most times is to bypass what God wants you to do and want to initiate your own. And what is sacrifice? I tried to find a dictionary meaning and what they were saying didn't capture what we, we needed. And from this indication, from this particular account, what I see as sacrifice is something that I bring to God, I do for God out of my own initiative, not his own initiative. What did Saul say? Saul said, we went to the Amalekites, we've killed them, but um, I decided to keep Agag because, I mean, coming back to Israel, I need to have somebody I'm leading. In those days, when kings went to war, they don't come back empty-handed. If you came back empty-handed, it means that there were no spoils, no captives. When I looked at it, I saw that Agag would be a good captive to lead as I come back into my country. So I led him captive. That's where that scripture says, let captivity captive comes from. And then we saw some calves that were too fat, very loaded. They would look like good. So I decided as Saul to bring all of that to offer to you as God. And God was saying, 
So, who is in charge here? Praise the Lord. So, established, there's nothing wrong with sacrifice. In fact, we learned, that's why you need to get it, that sacrifice makes the difference after obedience is complete. Very important. So, you try and get that. So, so we, we, we have a God who knows what he wants, has requested what he wants, but the temptation for you and I, because we are made in the image of God, is oftentimes we want to use our initiative. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that initiative should be when we have completely obeyed him. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come with me to Second Chronicles 20. We, we want to look at a story. There is a long story. We, we may not be able to look at all of it, but I trust it's a bit familiar, so I'm going to jump and run and jump and run. So I've just laid a bit of a foundation so that we begin to know what matters with the Lord and how we will move progressively in this our kingdom work. Amen? In 2 Chronicles 20, we have the account of Jehoshaphat. And the Bible starts from verse 1 and says, I'd like you to open your Bibles, please. If you do have your Bibles, open them so that you can mark some places. I'm going to read and jump. The first line says, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. They are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered to ask help from the Lord, and from the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And gave it to your descendants, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwelt in it and have built you in a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, It went on and on and on. Verse 10 it says, And now here are, note this, the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mansur. What happened to these people? Whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. If you have your Bible, it would be nice to underline that. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziah, Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Matanah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Joseph, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but... Now, you would like to also mark or highlight, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this 
great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Praise the Lord. On Saturday, go out and vote. Amen. They will surely plan, they will surely plot, they will surely imagine all kinds of things. They will come out by the ascent of these. You will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jericho. But 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Do what? Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, verse 17, note another place on the line. You will not need to fight in this, in this battle. Praise the Lord. Let me stop here. Praise the Lord. If you look at this place, I asked you to highlight three thises. Three thises. And the journey of the Christian, the life of a Christian, would progress successfully as you understand the thesis of your life. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, you know, his spiritual son in 1 Timothy 6.12, said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. You don't fight any kind of fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And then he went on and says, lay hold on what? eternal life so if you're in doubt as to what the good fight of faith is about it gives you a direction of what it's about praise the lord he said fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life and then second corinthians 10 from verse 3 begins to tell us that though we walk in the flesh we do not what war after the flesh so the believer the christian is to know the fight he should fight, the battles he should get involved, and the things that really he shouldn't bother about. Praise the name of the Lord. And we've seen in this account here, God said some things in some place and said this, this one. Because he didn't say you don't have to fight any battles. No, he didn't say that. But he said this, first thing, the, the first days we noted, we, we're going to get there. But the second days, which is in verse 15, he said, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of what? This great multitude. Who was he talking about? He was talking about three nations, a multitude, whom uh, militarily would annihilate Israel in second. And they had the weapons, they had incumbency, they had all the plot, they had everything that anybody could have. But God said to Jehoshaphat, this one, he said, don't worry about it. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, concerning the enemies of Nigeria, tell your neighbor, don't worry about them. The Bible says, he that sits in heaven, what will he do? He said he will laugh. Praise the Lord. Why do the people plot him? Every plot that is not ordained of God it will surely come to what nothing it will scatter praise the Lord don't forget that Genesis records for us the first time men plotted a program against the Lord and they were going ahead and going ahead all that the Lord needed to do was come down look at them he didn't fight them all he just said and this person spoke Urobo this person spoke uh, French this person spoke Russian and that was the end of the project praise the Lord and we pray there, and I want you to continue to pray that prayer, that when it matters, they will speak different languages. In the name of Jesus. They will not be able to communicate. In the name of Jesus. Coupled with that, they won't see in the day. During the day, it will be dark to them. In the name of Jesus. Systems will crash that day. 
people will oversleep <laughs> hallelujah and there shall be peace and victory for the lord in this nation in the mighty name of jesus anyway so he said this great multitude don't worry about them don't worry they mean nothing to you why because of the first this so let's go back to verse one it happened after this what happened come with me to chapter 19 if your bible has a subheading before verse 4 it will call it the reforms of jehoshaphat do you have it in your bible you say the reforms of what jehoshaphat let's see what happened the bible says from verse 4 so jehoshaphat dwelt at jerusalem and he went out again among the people from beersheba to the mountains of ephraim and brought them back to where to the lord i need you to follow me please and brought them back where to the lord god of their what fathers then he set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of judah city by city and he said to the judges what take heed to what you're doing for you do not judge for man but for the lord who is with you in the judgment now therefore let the fear of the lord be upon you take care and do it for there is no iniquity with the lord our god nor partiality nor taking of bribes now it goes on and says moreover in jerusalem for the judgment of the lord and for controversies joseph had appointed some of the levites and priests some of the chief fathers of israel and when they returned to jerusalem and he commanded this set of people saying thus you shall act in the fear of the lord faithfully and with a loyal heart whatever case comes to you from your brethren who dwell in their cities whether of bloodshed or offenses against law or commandment against statutes or ordinances you shall warn them lest they trespass against the lord and wrath come upon you and your brethren do this and you'll not be guilty 11 and take notice amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of the lord and Zebedah, the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters, also the Levites will be officials before you. Behave courageously, and the Lord will be with you. So we see here, what did Jehoshaphat do? What was it that this whole story that we read began after? It began after Jehoshaphat started putting righteousness and justice as the foundation of his throne. The Bible had just told us all the steps that Jehoshaphat took to make sure that the Lord was honored, the Lord was hallowed, the Lord was feared. There was justice, there was righteousness, there was equity, there was all things that the Lord liked in his reign. And it was after he had put these things in place that he returned to his throne to reign that the Bible said the people of Moab Ammon and Mansai gathered together against him. This multitude, the Lord said to him, this one, don't worry about them. You know why? He had taken care of the one he should worry about. The fight of the Christian is a private fight. The battle you're to battle is not so much about the people outside. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, he said the prince of this world comes what did he do he said he could find nothing in me as long as the enemy can find something in you he can touch you and all the thing he's trying to do is to get something into you it's like you watch some of these recent movies now 
and, and someone is running and is hiding under the bridge and is doing okay they don't bother because they put a track on him they put they put something on him anywhere he goes they can just look when they're ready they can pick the person up until the enemy can put something that is not of the lord that displeases the lord in you he cannot touch you and anything outside of that is a battle you will not need to fight it you see the, the challenge of the bible is that you can pick up the bible like a storybook i was listening to somebody sometime and the person was preaching the story of joseph and the way this person was preaching the story of joseph i just laughed i said this is storybook this can't be bible he said the same way overnight you know joseph moved from prison to become prime minister that's how god will do for it i said who told you joseph moved from prison overnight do you know when the journey started overnight sold at 17 praise the lord made it to the palace at 30 and you're saying overnight and people are shouting amen amen i say oh lord have mercy joseph did uh, sss jss three years another jss three years that's 23 years isn't it he did first degree four years and then did masters two years and did you service 30 years that you now come and tell somebody just like that overnight it's not the bible praise the lord the man fought battles and do you know the last battle he fought he had to fight the last battle of forgiveness and you know the first person he mastered that forgiveness over it was the butler because he was there he knew that this was the closest to deliverance he had gotten and one week two weeks four weeks five weeks Two months, you've not mentioned, not even as if they've called and heard and listened and said, well, we don't really understand your story, but we'll review. No mention. And they were watching him. Is he going to win this battle? Tell your neighbor, there's a battle you need to fight. And it's not about the messages about Islamism. It's not about all of that. We serve a God in heaven who controls all the affairs of his world until they are human beings that don't need oxygen until they are human i've told you here anybody who sleeps shouldn't make you not to sleep let me repeat anybody who sleeps should not make you not to sleep you know why <laughs> for him to sleep and wake up your god said you can wake up today the day he will be a threat to you that cannot be handled they will not allow him to wake up were we not here when Mr. Bacha didn't wake up? 96, Listen to me, people of God. You must understand the kingdom you belong to. We belong to a powerful kingdom. And the distraction of fighting all battles. So people are fighting people and people. It says, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Principalities and powers spiritual wickedness in high places rulers of the darkness those are who our fight is against you know i see some things and it just breaks my heart i see brethren on facebook and they say every enemy of mine you don't even know them they don't read facebook they're not on social media you waste your time there is the battle the fight of faith which you're to fight and then there are ones so you, you so someone comes to you and starts shouting at you and starts saying i'll deal with you i'm telling you this battle you will not need to fight in it do you know the one you need to fight when your brother passes and you look at him and say who does he even think he is 
every time he's just because who even knows who is blessing? Who knows whether he's even a thief? Who knows whether he's, you see, envy, strife, jealousy. In Nigerian language, bad belly, greed. Those are the fights we should fight. And unfortunately, Christians don't fight it. We don't fight it. Rather, we teach it. A lot of what we teach as success in the church is greed and lust. Whereas we are to partake of the divine nature after we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But we gather and they teach us lust. Claim it and take it. What are you claiming and take? How many did Jesus claim and take? Do you know the temptation of Jesus was claim and take? If you are the son of God, what should you do? Command that this son. Was he not hungry? Did he not have the power? But he, because he was partaking of the divine nature, he escaped that corruption. It was a genuine need. Praise the Lord. So they said it happened after this. Jehoshaphat had fought the battle that was his to fight. As a king, he had established righteousness in his reign. He had put in place justice. He had made sure that in his reign, it was as though God were physically there. He told the judges, make sure you judge as God. No, God is watching you. He went around, put things in place, put reforms. That's why I don't understand these people who are there. People will not vote for you because you're printing more posters. You've had four years to put things in place, which if you had put in place, you would not need to be campaigning now. It's as simple as that. The one you've been seeing for four years, they're still putting posters everywhere, almost wanting to cause accident on the road because the things are falling over. When you should have put righteousness, justice, equity in the system, and then everybody will just line up and vote for it. That's what you reign for. That's what authority is for. Authority is for you to bring God down in a situation. And for, you, for us men here, the reason the Bible says you're the head of the woman or the head of the home is not so you can eat the most food and do the least work. It's so you can bring God into the home. Your wife should feel like she's married to the Son of God. Your daughter should feel like their parents are God's. That's what authority is about. Authority is not to subdue. That's the de- demonic authority. Kingdom authority is to bring God. You bring God close to a situation. That's what the Bible says. When the righteous are in power, what happens? The people, because God comes close to them. So Joseph had fought his battle. That was his this. It happened after this. So you can replace that this. After Joseph had fought the battle the Christians should fight. That a great multitude came against him. And they came among they gathered together and in his prayers he made another statement that I, I like us to touch briefly he said these are the same people whom you have not allowed us and now here we are verse 10 and now here we are the people of Ammon, Moab and Manseh whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and did not destroy them let me leave something with you praise the Lord somebody the other day, the Spirit of God said to me, do you know what it takes? Do you begin to comprehend what it takes to be God? I, I, I don't understand. And he said, do you know what it means to take a life and make sure that one life can only reap what he has sown? That this same life, you see, all the principles of God to be effective in one life, in one life. You know the mathematics, you know the calculus that is involved. You understand what I'm saying? You're, you're building a bridge and there will be weight on top of the bridge. 
and then where the bridge is standing, there'll be erosion, you know, and then there'll be the effect of oxidization on the metal, and then there'll be wind, and then there'll be rain, and then there'll be sun. So while you're calculating what water will do, you're also checking what the sun will. I mean, do you know what it takes to put things in place? But let, let's leave all of that. So Joseph said to the Lord, these people, when we were coming out, we could have destroyed them, in which case today they will not even exist to fight us. But you said to us what? Do not touch them. So it's because we obeyed you then. That's why they are alive today. Now here they are coming to reward us because we obeyed you. Let me tell you, anytime you obey God, you can never suffer for it. You see, we look at that story and we say they just packed spoil. You know why they had to pack spoil? It was payment for the obedience of their forefathers. Everything is connected. That's why you have to be careful what you sow. Some of them you think you have escaped. You have laid it off for your children. He said, these people, we could have destroyed them. We could have finished them. But you said we shouldn't touch them. Joseph said, here they are now. Coming to disinherit us from the land. You know those laughing. I say, say, this battle. <laughs> it's past tense now. Praise the Lord. You, you won't need to fight in it. You have fought it already. When you obeyed me not to destroy them. That's why the Bible will say to you and I. It says, no matter what happens. It says, overcome evil with good. There is never a time it pays to do evil. Even when evil has been done to you. You know why? Every evil you do, whether justified or unjustified, is a seed. That's why Jesus would say to you, if they slap you here, what do you do? A slap is a slap. It doesn't matter the reason why you slapped it. Praise the Lord. So he said, these people, and because of that principle, they could not suffer from them. They could not suffer harm from the people of Moab, Ammon, Ammon. They couldn't because of what their forefathers had sown. That's why if you go down now in the story, the Lord said to him, Joseph, don't worry. This battle is not yours. You've submitted your assignment. What you're going to see is my marking scheme. Praise the Lord, somebody. When you stand, Ephesians 6, we can open to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 tells us, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Okay? 10, 11. Let, let's just go down and dance. He said, put on the whole world, armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 13. It says, therefore what? Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to what? To stand. Now, when you look at this, you're wondering. I thought we're talking of warfare. But in the midst of this talk about warfare, you can see that one of the main things that are talking here is about standing. You know why? Because when the real battle comes, you don't fight, you stand. And the Lord fights for you. But you know how it works? Before you get excited, please, you're going to get it. You know how it works? You would have done all before the day of battle. Having done all, what do you do? Now, what is the doing all? You know, these are some of the things. I remember as a young Christian, they say in the morning, when you get up, wear truth tie it, wear this one, put it on like this. You know, some teachers teach it. So you see some people, they wear Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's dramatic. It will help our children. But if you want to get what the Bible is talking about, this warfare is this. Anytime you tell a lie, 
your jigida has fallen off because your belt of truth has been loosened. The breastplate of righteousness, praise the Lord. You know, whenever that word comes, some people who know too much will say, no, 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 it doesn't concern us, it's the gift of righteousness. I agree with you because, you see, you can't buy it in the market, praise the Lord. But like our brother said, if they give you the gift of righteousness, where will it be? Okay, if I give you a gift, where will it be? Eh? No, where will it be? If I give you a gift, who will have it? Are you sure? So if they've given you the gift of righteousness, what will people see in you? Is it if I give you a gift of righteousness, I, I demand righteousness from you. Say, ah, please don't demand righteousness from me. It's a gift. It's with the giver. Are you seeing it now? So if they give you the gift of Rolls Royce, which you cannot buy for yourself. Eh? If I see you entering Kekena Pep, can you tell me, ah, I have the gift of Rolls Royce. I have the gift of Rolls Royce. What would be the proof that you have the gift of Rolls Royce? That's what the Bible is talking about. So that gift that has been given to you, it said, take on the breastplate of what means is that you now do righteous. You practice righteousness. It's been given to you, but what do you do? You put it on. You practice it. You live it out. Let's not talk about John that told us, let no man be deceived because he that does righteousness is righteous. You know John told us that he's still in the Bible. Anyone who doesn't do it is a liar. That's what he said. So gift, yes, is a gift. That's how it begins. Because you can't walk it up. It's given to you. But when it's given to you, it enables you to practice it. So for the Christian, you protect your chest, what? With the breastplate of what? Righteousness. You put on what? Your shoes. The preparation of the gospel of peace. These are things that should be your lifestyle. So that the day of battle, when it comes, all you'll be doing is you stand. Because all the while, you've been preparing yourself. That's why it says, having done all, to do what? Stand there for having get it. That's all he was saying there. So Jehoshaphat had finished it. That's why, let, let me help somebody here. That's why every time you leave church, and you truly decide this time around, I'm going to be serious on this thing. That's when someone will provoke you. You lose your temper. It's not actually temper you lose. You lose your standing. That's when some difficulties will come and you're, you know, pressed to compromise. It's not the bread or the money that is the issue. They want you to lose your standing. Because as long as you can be in a place of having done all, standing, the enemy can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you. So, so the, Lord said, the, the, the Lord said to Joseph, he said this battle, <laughs> this battle, he said you won't need to fight. What you need to do is what? Position yourself and you will see the salvation of the Lord. Now, the dramatic part that follows is where the sacrifice comes in. Let me tell you something. No matter what had happened there, if at this point Joseph had called the children of Israel and said to them, everybody go home, go home, just don't worry. They would have still won the battle. But what he now added on top is the sacrifice, is the jera, is what made it, it was the icing on the cake. So he said when he consulted amongst the people and he inquired, he set up, you know, singers to lead. And when they began to sing and to praise, for the Lord is good. What were they singing? Were they singing all our enemies fall down and die? All this Ammon, Ammon, and stuff. We finish you. We finish you. We finish you. No, they were moving forward. Say somebody need to change your mind concerning Christianity. I mean, you're, you're just declaring it. You know why? Because truth is a weapon. Truth is a weapon. 
It shouldn't even be difficult. Sometimes, eh, you wish somebody slapped you and they told you the truth. You're arguing with somebody, and the person is just arguing nonsense. Say, look at you. You overeat. You do this. You won't even be angry until the person says one thing that you know is true. That's when you tear shed. Because all the other ones he was saying that were not true, he didn't touch you. You say you're just like your father. I've told you. So many years ago, there was a couple that um, were just uh, having sweet fellowship with, sweet disagreement with. And in the counseling, Momichi said to the couple, you deserve each other. She wore. Can you imagine? Pastor Ma, you come and tell me now, I am Momichi, we deserve each other. Hallelujah. Didn't, are we not mind? He said you deserve each other. See, charging. Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if you're getting. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, truth is a weapon. If it hurts human beings like that, it deals with the devil. And that's why the Bible says, if any man has sinned, we say we have an advocate, a mediator with the Father. If you come to him and confess, as you're saying, Lord, I did this and this, the devil is saying, I've missed this one. Why? Why did he lie? Why did he not lie? Why did he confess? Why did he acknowledge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see him feeling all the pain. People of God, there is a battle we are to fight. And it's not what we are thinking. It's the fight of faith. Is the fight of righteousness. Is the fight of truth. Is the fight of meekness. Is the fight of humility. And as a nation, we've said it here. Let's make all the noise and all of that that we say about Islamists and all of that. Until the Christians begin to live as Christians. That taught us. It says you are what? The life of the world. We are the life of Nigeria. If our light does not shine, in the spirit, they don't shoot gun. Praise the Lord. In the spirit, they don't use dagger. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the spirit, they don't use armored tanks. You know the fight in the spirit? Let me show you. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. Let me tell you how battles are fought in the spirit. So this will help your perspective. This is talking about the Antichrist. Let's read together, everybody. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will, with what? And with his machine gun. What is there? He will consume him with what? The breath of his mouth and destroy with what? The brightness of his coming. The same thing that they told us in the beginning. He says, and the light shines and darkness what? Cannot come. If they could open your eyes to the spirit. You don't see people with sword and people with dagger fight. You just see darkness and light. That's all it's about. It's about darkness and light. Darkness and light. So how will the final antichrist, how will it be destroyed? When the Lord appears, his brightness. And that one is no more. How will things change in my life, change in your life, change in your affairs? Simple, the brightness of his truth. I begin to apply it. I take away the pretense of Christianity. I take away the acting of Christianity. I take away those things that appeal to men. That teaching us was telling us about how you know you're no longer childish. How do I know? Paul speaking says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I behaved as a child. But when I became a man, what did I do? I put away. You know why? Children do things for fun. Praise the Lord. Children cook. They cook sand with a what? Leaf that they won't eat. Imagine if you went to visit your friend who is 27 years old 
and he or she is cooking sand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, oh, why are people laughing like that? Okay, maybe he didn't. Maybe he went to visit your male friend who was 35 years old. And you just saw him on the ground driving. Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> Isn't he driving? He's driving, but he's going nowhere. Now, children drive all of that. They do all of that. They don't have any purpose. To but when you become a man, every act of yours is intentional. And that's what the spiritual man begins to understand. So you read the Bible, you quote the Bible, you speak the Bible. Not just that people will hear. Do you have something in mind? You even come to church. Not just so that it will be I came to church. No, you come to church with something. With an expectation. With faith, with hope. Saying today the Lord will give me a word. Today the Lord will speak to me concerning my finance. Today the Lord will deliver me from this. Today I pray that no matter what the preacher is doing, the Spirit of the Lord will compel him to give me a word that I need. That's how, what adults do. That's what mature people do. They don't play. When I became a man, I put away what childish things. And we're told that the child, the spiritual child is carnal. And the carnal Christian is like the average unbeliever. Now, for such a person, not that he doesn't fight. He does fight. But you know his fight is how many? How much? So, how many soldiers are there? What are the pros? What are the cons? What, you know, and they calculate all of that. But when you become a man spiritually, then you now understand, like the song we sang, Who can stand against the Lord? No one will. No one can. You begin to understand something. Let, let me, can you put um, 2 Chronicles um, 32? 2 Chronicles 32, 7 and 8. It's a similar account to the one we are looking at. It, it was Hezekiah. Okay. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed before the king of Assyria nor before all the multitude that is with him. It says for one, there are more with us than with him. That's not the fact on the ground. But look at what he said. He said, with him, Hezekiah here was talking about the Assyrian arm. With him is what? An arm of flesh, but with us is what? The Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. This is what spiritual mature people understand. That for every battle, what they need is the Lord on their side. That's why the Bible can tell us in the book of Romans, if the Lord be for you. Simple. If God be for you, if God be for you, it doesn't matter the gang up. It doesn't matter. So, so as, as we try to conclude this morning, they, they, they said to Jehoshaphat, this battle, you won't fight. You won't fight. And I'm praying and I'm trusting that for our nation, we wouldn't need to get to the level where a lot of people are imagining. That we will hear things. Things will happen in the spirit. And the benefit will manifest. Because over this nation, I believe the Lord has raised righteous men. Who has put on the belt of truth. Who has shielded their hearts. Who are wearing the helmet of salvation. Who have the shield of faith. Men and women who have stood in the gap. That by reason of that, it would not matter what they are doing on ground. Praise the Lord somebody. It wouldn't matter. It would not count. Because our God, the Lord whom we serve, is a God that teaches us warfare. 
But the warfare he teaches us is not the warfare of bows and arrows. I was speaking to somebody recently, and I said to this, my brother, I said, haven't you pondered on the comedy of God? Comedy of God in the sense that David had to kill a giant. Praise the Lord. It's bad enough that it's little David that is killing the giant. And he didn't use a sword. He didn't use a spear. You know what he used? In today's world, even if it were a criminal case, you know they can't even charge him. You threw a stone and somebody died. It wouldn't be murder. It would be manslaughter. It would be accident. It would be mystery. Is there a lawyer here? How can you say I killed him by stoning? One stone. But that is how God wants you to understand spiritual things. That when the giant is going to come, it won't be a lot. When Jael was going to kill Sisera. Who was it? I mean, there were warriors in the battle, trained as assassins in the battle. But when it was time to kill Caesarea, God got a housewife who all her life, all she knew how to make was milk and cake. And he said to the man, drink. The man finished, he said, sleep. The first time she handled hammer, she killed a commander. You know why? Because the battle had been fought in the heavenly. Tell your neighbor you will win your battles in the heavenlies. And what will happen on the earth will be like cartoon network. It will be like play. That's it. He said this battle here on earth. It, it, you don't need to. If you read the Bible, there are so many accounts of that. Because you see the New Testament is purely spiritual. Okay. So let me ask you a simple question that will help you. Now, you know, Paul wrote so much about fighting, okay? Ephesians was by Paul, you know. He even referred, told us at a point that he fought in the manner of men against beasts, okay? Now, but was he physical? Did you ever see him be physical? In fact, did you ever see him argue? He never did all of that. So, where was all that fight going on? It was a spiritual battle. Now, if you go to the Old Testament, there was a transition, Okay, so you will see some fights where they would actually get physical because they had to give us a picture to understand what is going on. But in one of the battles, I think it was the battle of uh, Moses with Joshua. They showed us how it really works. They showed us the transition. So whereas Joshua was in the field fighting, it was not the way he wielded his sword that brought victory. It was how the hand of Moses was on top, trying to tell us that the battles that are won on earth I want first in the spirit. Let's rise up on our feet, somebody. You want to go to the heavenlies. You want to go where it matters. Don't fight low, fight high. Don't fight low, fight high. In this season of uh, this country, don't fight low. The fight you have to fight as a, a national of Nigeria is not argument, is not quarrel, is not my party, your party. It's the fight of saying so that when heaven looks, can I find a man in Nigeria who honors me? Can I find a man in this place who fears me? Can I find someone who has set his house in order? Let heaven be able to say, I see him. Let heaven be able to say, I see her. Is somebody understand? what i'm saying there is that that you must fight he said fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life today you're going to the lord and saying lord count me in let me matter in the spirit let me matter in the spirit let me win the battle that is above
Let me win this battle where it matters most. Let me win the battle of my temper. I'd get connected as sister was sharing. He said that the, the man that has rule over his spirit is better than the one that takes a city. A man that has no rule over his spirit is like a city without walls. You see, believers, there is a fight we are to fight. We have issues in Nigeria, but it's not the way we are addressing it. Can I tell you in part what our main problem in Nigeria is? Do you really want to know, my brother? The main problem we have in Nigeria is that we have chosen the other one. You see, Jesus in the Bible referred to only one thing that you could choose against God. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, Nigerians have chosen mammon. And when I say Nigerians, Muslim, uh, so-called Christian, um, occultists, all of them are united in that religion. It doesn't matter. So the Christian, the so-called Christian, not Christian, goes to church. And the reason he's going is so that he can get mammon. The Muslim is going. The one that is joining party is joining so that he can get mammon. All of them are united to do what? To get mammon. The teacher is teaching how to get mammon. The prophet is prophesying how to get mammon. All of that is mammon. Whereas you and I as light, we are to shine the light so that people will see and have a desire for God. What changes a nation is when the thirst for righteousness overtakes the thirst for money. That's why we can't produce anything. Who in Nigeria will go and spend 25 years to invent something? Before the 25 years, they would have chased his children from school. The landlord would have driven him away. His village people would have insulted him. Professor what? What kind of professor? See other professors. See the type of money they bring. You say you're, you're resagging. Resag what? Because money has been exalted. Even you now, you're an engineer, you're a doctor, doctor of engineer. Your fellow engineers will give you respect according to the money you have backing up your doctorate. Because that has been exalted. Now the altar is a place to pull down the, the God of mammon and exalt the true God. But because the preacher also wants money, when he stands there, he leaves the God of mammon. And all his testimonies are to tell you, I serve a rich God. The other day I was turned and somebody blessed me with 50 million. And you're checking, I mean, I never blessed my pastor with 500,000. You say, I don't even, I can't even count the cars they've given me. Haba, preacher, tell us how you're overcoming pride. Tell us how you're overcoming lust. Tell us how you're dealing with issues of eternal life. Don't boast to us about your cars and jets and your houses. Don't tell me how you're flying first class and you put your you buy first class two chairs because when you got born again you were a pauper but now God has blessed you to first class you buy two chairs you sit on one you put your leg on one that's Christianity that's worship of mammon that's a problem they are what they give they give to the rich everything in this nation exhaust the rich that's why any government in power will have followers because they have the power to make rich no matter how much of a failure that government is a majority of people who are looking to them for survival will, will, will support them we don't have people who have exalted righteousness above mammon that's a problem but thank God that he's able to win either by few or by many.
if he can find you he can turn around the situation tell the Lord here I am here I am find me the Bible says the eyes of the Lord that are running to and fro above the whole earth what's he doing he's searching for hearts that are loyal that he might show himself strong tell the Lord find me and let me give you good news it doesn't matter what it is up to now there is the weapon of forgiveness you can go to him in confession today and say Lord now my eyes are opened I see what counts Lord I want you to count me in listen to me the, what we're saying now I've mentioned big men it doesn't matter many of us say you're working for people are you serving the man you're working for as unto the Lord are you being faithful in that work are you bringing proper accounts and trusting the Lord alone what told you that a lie will help you prosper in the office which God are you looking to people of God you don't know how big the God you have is I was thanking the Lord the other day for Johnny Messies thanking him for big things and the Lord said to me did you come down your stairs this morning I said yes he said haven't you heard of people who tripped on their stairs and that? he said thank me for coming down your stairs I thought it was over he said did you eat I said, I said thank you for the food he said no how did you eat I said I put the food he said you think it's common to be able to take your hands and coordinate and put food in your mouth he said the sense that you have that you look at your wife you look at your daughter and you take care of them he said some people don't have that sense when they see their family they start beating them because they've lost consciousness you see if we are to begin to thank the lord brethren where will you begin if we begin to check what we owe the Lord you know when we come to the Lord we check well I owe the Lord this blessing that I just got because I didn't deserve it no you don't just owe the Lord the blessing you owe the Lord even the day they paid you today is God's day don't you know today is the Lord's day if he did not approve there wouldn't be a day like this do you understand what I'm saying you and I serve a mighty God let's just honor him let's just celebrate him let's just bless him let's extol him we serve a big God he heals he delivers he does all of that he's faithful he's marvelous he's wonderful in all his ways and that God says I can fight for you I can fight for you I can fight for you that's my message today in, in fact what, what I wanted to use let, let me not miss it please Psalm 144 verse 1 this was where I, I should have started 144 verse 1 blessed be the Lord my God Blessed be the Lord, my rock. What does he do? Who trains my hands for word and my fingers for battle? Brethren, what you're learning this morning is spiritual warfare. When you get to that office and see that, it doesn't matter if someone is from anywhere. Ijebu uh, doesn't have power again. What's the new place? Um, Okija. It doesn't matter where they're going on your behalf because the Lord has what? touch your hands to war and your fingers to do battle what you need to establish in that place is righteousness when you sit on that chair you'll be like mount zion you will they will not be able to move you no enchantment no divination no incantation no plot nothing if they're doing it all it will happen is that they will all come together and work out for your good is somebody hearing what i'm saying we serve a mighty god we serve a mighty god your god is big our god is big 
His name is the man of war. He knows how to fight. Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. Always doing wonders. He said, have you ever heard of a nation being brought out of a nation? <laughs> he said, your God does it. I just want you to know whose you are. I just want you to know the God that says I can act on your behalf. I just want you to know the God that is demanding your obedience so that he can walk for you and walk through you. He said, is there anything too hard for me? Whether it's a personal situation you've come to church with today, I've come to tell you that the God we serve is a deliverer. The God you serve is a way maker. The God you serve turns things around. The God you serve, he provides water from a rock. He makes rivers in the wilderness. That is the God we serve. He is an awesome God. He calms the storm. He has his way even in the whirlwind. As the whirlwind is moving, God is saying, Those, you can't touch this, you can go this way, you can't touch that. That is the God you and I serve. Let's one more time just hallow him. He's a big God. He's a marvelous God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord will bless you. You and I are privileged. Can we just rise on our feet? Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, we bless you. Lord, we are blessing you. We are blessing you. I, I, I wish I had time. I would have taken us to Second Samuel 22, but um, 22, 25 to 30. But let's just look at 30 and, and we'll see a confession. Second Samuel 22, verse 30. This is the psalmist. He was talking here at the end when the Bible says when God had delivered him from all his enemies, from the hands of Saul, from all the things he went through. This is what he said. He said, for by you, for by you, what can I do? I can run against a troop. By my God, I can what? Leap over a wall. What is confronting you? What is that mountain before you? We learn that faith speaks to mountain. I want you to go to the Lord in prayer and know that because God is for you, no obstacle can stand before you. No challenge can keep you. Whether it be health, whether it be finances, whether it be an assignment, whether it's actually a physical enemy, because God is on your side, victory is assured. There is a lifting up of head because the Jehovah that we serve is the glory and the lifter of our head. Maybe there is some situation in your marriage today. I can tell you that by God, by God, peace can come. Joy can come. Love can be restored. Is there something that is difficult? Today, let's take the testimony of David. He said, by my God, by my God. By my God, 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 I can, I can. The Apostle Paul speaking to us the same thing in the New Testament. said, I can do all things. Today we are saying, Lord, I'm seeing now that with you on my side and with me on your side, I can run against the truth. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. What the world is bringing, what the world is saying, I'm not afraid. I am not afraid what the test result is, what the doctor said, what the economy said, what you, the American embassy said. I'm not afraid because I know that if God be for me, 
again. I want you to pray. And if you can pray in the Holy Ghost, just open up your mouth and pray. Let's declare the reign of Jehovah, the rule of Jehovah over our lives, over our generation, over our country, over this time in our nation. We are not a people without hope. We are not some aimless people moving around. We have a God. We are surrendered to the rule of Jehovah. Jesus Christ reigns. The Holy Ghost is in charge of our lives. My life is in his hands. My times are in his hands. My deliverance is of him. Some of us are afraid of what will happen. You have no need to fear. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, they run into it and they are saved. I have your name to run into. I have your name to go by. You are my God. 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 I would not need to fight some battles. Oh no, I would not need to. You will take care of my children. You will take care of my parents. You will take care of my loved one. You will see to it because you are almighty. You are omnipotent. You are omnipresent. You are omniscient. You know what to do. You know what to do. You know what to do. I worship you. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Begin to bless him. And for our nation, let's tell him, Lord, you reign. Over this nation, you reign. Let's bless him. On behalf of this nation, we are blessing you. Because you reign supreme. You reign supreme. You are Jehovah. Blesses the nation. Whose God is Jehovah. You are God over Nigeria. We extol you. We worship you. Let's appreciate the Lord. Put those hands together and just appreciate him. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 15 You can find us online at www. Dot the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.